to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Keys to the City, Clovercrest Media, I should say, presents Keys to the City on a very special episode, 9-11. Thank you, Joseph Aguirre, the host of the Roll Call, part of the Keys to the City family as well for that very nice clip. And he'll be joined with us in just a brief moment. We're going to be talking about last night's opener from start to finish. An amazing job by the NFL, an amazing job by the Chiefs and the Texans. They got some work to do. We'll talk about that offensive yes, line. Yes, they do. Yes, they do a lot. Deshaun Watson has been running for his life. He's got a long season ahead of him. We'll get into that. And we're going to talk about by my L.A. Lakers. We were going to talk baseball, but the Yankees got postponed. We'll talk about that over the weekend. My L.A. Lakers is looking like Hollywood's going to be meeting up in the Western Conference. Which Finals. And then you got three teams in the Eastern Conference. That are very similar, the blue chip type style of play. We'll talk about that. The NBA looks great. But, Joseph, if you want to come join us right now, join us, please. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you for that clip. I appreciate it, as always. Of course. Of course. Think about it. 19 years ago today, this is a this is a day that we'll never forget. I remember calling my father the day of and didn't know. I was too young. I remember, I'm, I'm younger than you guys. So I didn't know what was going on at the time. I saw it, and it was a day that us All-Americans – and I say us, all Americans, we'll never forget. This is a day that you felt like we were one as a country. And it hasn't been like that in a long time. But I just remember that day. I just want to say we will never forget. We will always remember all those heroes, the first responders. Thank you. And to all the people that lost their lives, we will never forget you. I don't know what you guys were. You were in high school. Were you in middle school or high school? High school. Freshman English class in yeah. the library, Mrs. Pinto. Told, Working on a project for Romeo and Juliet, which I didn't finish the next till two weeks later at the Giants game. Then when I came home late, but what was yeah, I remember freshman English class 905. Actually, because I was stupid, I was. Somebody goes, the Twin Towers just got hit with an airplane, uh, plane, and I was like, oh, the ones in Chica- the one in Chicago. I was like, oh no, that's the Sears Tower, dummy. But uh, no, I do remember. Yeah, because and then they sent us home. They were like any parents who wanted to come up pick up their kids. Of course, my parents didn't pick me up. They left me at school until two o'clock. So I take the bus home, but there was no practice that day. Football practice. Yeah, was so canceled. everybody, everything was canceled. It's, it's, that was the day that everything was canceled. And Joe, where, where were you? Where were you up to? Well, here's a crazy story. Um, I was working in Portland, Maine at the time, and the radio oh. station was directly across the street from the hotel where Muhammad Atta actually left Portland from the jet port right by where I worked, and. Oddly enough, I was actually outside that night. The Giants were playing the Denver Broncos, and I was arguing with one of our news anchors about when a next the next terrorist attack was going to come to the United States because of our policies in the Middle East. I assumed it was coming. Didn't expect to wake up the next day. You know, it's I'm gonna say it's funny, but you know, plenty of planes had hit the World Trade Center. You know, obviously Corey Corey Lytle of the Yankees crashed crashed a plane, and and I remember I I did I worked nights and and I stayed up late. But when I got up in the morning, my wife had the news on, and I heard them saying a plane had hit the World Trade Center. And I thought small plane. I wasn't thinking anything big. And I was lying in bed, and when the second plane hit. That's when you, that's when you knew. I, yeah, I jumped that's out of bed, man. No, I knew that's, it was, that's when you knew. It was, it was something more serious, and it's, yeah. it's amazing. I mean, like, you just got to be thankful. And I feel like we're, we're not enough. Th- we're not thankful enough nowadays. Well, we have to be very appreciative of each other. Tell your loved ones you love them. Give them a hug because you just never know. Well, that- you, really, you really just don't ever know, especially what's going on in today's world right now with this whole pandemic and what's going on in the country. You just never know. Well, that's why I said to one of my coworkers this morning. I was like, well, I guess it doesn't beat, you know, the extra 35 minutes you have to wait in line for uh, 
Oh no, sorry. Or traffic, or being in traffic. No, no, or not traffic. Not traffic. But just in general. No, going through the uh, airline security. Now people complain like, oh my god, the lines at the. Well, what time did you get there, you idiot? If your flight was at eleven, you got there at nine thirty. You're late. You, you should have got there at eight thirty. You just got to be. And you would have got through. Just and it thankful. makes the differences of you know of things like that. Why we have security measures because there's crazy people in the world. And we just got to be thankful. So and they don't and they don't like us. It's just it's it's I can't believe it's already nineteen years. I can't believe it's already nineteen years to the day that this tragic event happened. Have for you us. ever visited the site or the memorial? Because I no, have. but I would love to. I might do. I have. Time. Yeah. I would love. You to have. Know. Is it? Yep. Is it beautiful? Oh yeah. Oh, you definitely got to see it. I mean, uh, you'll you'll. I mean, I'm a crier anyway. Oh, I'm surprised I haven't started sure. crying yet. I, I, uh, I got, but yeah, I it, got to the crash site though, Joe. When they were still cleaning up, my uncle Bernard, my dad, and us, we were all going to a giant game. We used to go on Saturday nights. And then Sunday we go to games. So Saturday night we go down. My dad, you know, I was much younger, so my dad would take me down. And my uncle Bernard had tickets. Like four guys, we go get food and whatever. Well, he was like, "Come on, I want to take you." And we walked, and he was able to talk to the cop, and the cop let us go in. I mean, we were still like a football field away, but you could see still everything—the lights and the guys working, the cranes and the rubble. It was—it was pretty wild to think, like, "Oh man, like that—that that was right there. That was like six months ago, eight months." Let's ago. just say we—you're never forgotten. It's a day we will never forget. And it's can't believe it's already 19 years. So everybody that has lost a loved one in that tragic event, we're thinking of you today. As you were well. a young and boy. I was very young. I was very young. I didn't have facial hair. You probably still had the same haircut and facial hair as in high Joe, school. Joe, and like you had – And Joe had – One kid or no – You had no kid. My, yeah, my older daughter, uh, who was 19, was, was uh, about 10 months old when this happened. Yeah. Wow. Now look at you. Now look at You're you. You've got a beautiful beard. Now I've got nine kids. Joe's, and... trying, to, Joe's <laughs> trying to like match me right now. I got the hair, the beard. I love it. But let's get I, into it. Last yo, night, real quick. I have look. not. I haven't shaved or cut my hair since I shaved my head back in February. Wow. So whole, the whole pandemic since COVID just started, been letting it go out the whole time. That's <laughs> where we're That's at. Beautiful. Head and shoulders works good for you, Joe. That's beautiful. <laughs> that is a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing last night. We had NFL football, and we, we had everything. We had time. everything for the first time, and since I've been alive, we had all major sports playing last night. College football, you had as well. NBA, MLB, NHL, MLS, WNBA, WNBA, golf, golf was on, and then the nightcap, the big one, the one that we all thought at a certain point. There was not going to be. It was going to be nearly impossible. Well, the impossible. I, I know you did. Right before the you texted me, said, can you believe it's actually starting on time? And I can't. Ladies and gentlemen, there was a time that I really thought there was going to be no football. I really stood here and said it to multiple people. It was going to be impossible. Remember I said well, it was going to happen? guess what? The impossible was beaten last night. There was NFL football. And it was a tremendous opener. It was great. It was just what you wanted. The thing that hit me the most, seeing – the 16,000 fans and how the NFL spaced them out perfectly and how that crowd actually had some sort of impact in that game. There was noise. That crowd was great. That game was, I guess, up and down at times. It was sloppy at you first. The weather, played a the factor? weather always plays a factor in that. But we're going to get into the whole Texans and not just because of the weather affected that team, but a whole different thing. You okay. Know, line. Yeah, it's just – I got an itch right now. <laughs> but – the Chiefs, they come in, they take care of business. Boy, oh boy, that team is going to be, right off the bat, that team is going to be hard to beat. And that repeat, I mean, very likely. He looked amazing, but the real star to me, I know Mahomes is Mahomes. Mahomes is going to be Mahomes. He's the superstar of the league. He's the face of the league. The star last night was Clyde Edward Hilaire. And the reason why I say that, he wasn't even involved in the passing game and this was a guy that is a very good dual threat back he was amazing at lsu last year had a thousand yards receiving or rushing as well as up there in rushing and receiving did he have the thousand yeah. out or close to it he, he was very listen, he was very productive I, I, for an lsu team that was dominant he comes to a super bowl winning team now with the best quarterback in the game with the highest maybe octane offense in the entire league yeah, and one of the top three coaches in the league and he was the star last night 25 carries 138 yards and a touchdown. He was impressive. The Texans had no answer for him. And boy, oh boy, if that man stays healthy, good luck, NFL. That means good luck to the Baltimore Ravens, too. Because I know the Ravens are going to be very exciting to see this year. But with that Chiefs team, we already know how great it is. 
if they have a Clutch Edward Hilaire that plays like this, like a Brian Westbrook who that Andy Reid loves backs like this, oh boy. But he runs. We're gonna see a. Re we're gonna uh, forget about the Patriots of 0304. We're gonna be talking about the Chiefs 19 and 20 as repeat champs. But he can. He runs hard. They were talking in an that article. Not like Travis Kelsey says for a guy that's about five foot nine. The same size as us. He's about He's two, a beast. About 208, 209 pounds. He lowers his he shoulder. He runs hard. If you yeah. remember the one run late in the uh, fourth quarter, uh, breaking the tackle, running. He was about he, said he was about six inches off the ground. He hit the – He looked like he Joe, but Joe, thing. but he was holding the ball right, Joe. <laughs> That's hurtful. Listen, I, I was impressed last night. I thought the Chiefs um, seemed very smooth for a team that not had any preseason. Now, a lot could be said that, hey, listen – there's almost the majority of the guys are back from last year's team. I think everyone's back except for two pieces total between the 20. I think they have 20 yeah, of the Damian 22. Like 20 of the 22 and the guard. Yes, the, the guard the, the, uh, who yes. has an MD. Um, but to see that team come out as smooth as they did was very impressive. Because, you, listen, we were not sure as a whole what football was going to look like last night. We knew it was going to be football. But you did, like I said to one of the guys last night, I said, not many penalties in the first half. Pretty smooth game. You know, you wasn't wasn't sure how the game really was. It going to be stiff? A lot of penalties. Guys going to get that oh, game went very smoothly. It was. Do you know the 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 first half took only about an hour and fifteen minutes. It was a quick first half. Very quick. There was not a lot of penalties. It was very smooth, Joe. And to answer your question, I do not see the Chiefs. They asked this yesterday on ESPN NFL Live. The Chiefs are not going undefeated. I just don't see them playing out an entire season. They don't need to. They're going to be a top two seed. I could see them going. 13. Well, I had them going 13 and three as a top two seed. I do not see them going undefeated because Andy Reid will not play that style, and they don't need to. Can I ask you one They're question? They're going now? to get home field advantage, whether that's the one or the two seed. It doesn't matter. They're not going to. And the more pressure. Hold on. On top of I it. I need to interrupt, and I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. I have to. I think there's a real possibility. Now, ah. week three is the biggest game for both teams, and Monday that's the Ravens football, versus Chiefs. Because at the end of the season, if these teams are tied, whoever has a win against each other is going to have that advantage. Now, you said it doesn't matter one or two seed. It does this year. Well, if, if they keep if they keep winning, if both teams I keep know, winning, yes, then. Yes, but they here's have the thing. Yes. One, if they keep winning, one of them has got to beat each other in week three. Yes. But with that being said, say the Ravens do win week three. It's home game. They win. They're trying to get the rebuttal after the Chiefs beat them last year at home. Okay. They're both 13 and three, or oh, excuse me, you know, 12 and three with the late game of the season. You would say, hey, most seasons you would rest your guys week 16. The Ravens might do the same. What if the Ravens rest and the Chiefs win? They get the this year, the difference between the one and two seed is a week off. Well, the, and that's huge because you only have to win two games. The better instead of question three. I would ask you, Joseph, does is, anyone go on? No, no, not even that. Is it's kind of like the Lakers and Clippers. Are we on a collision course for Chiefs, Ravens, AFC title? Which should be which is the better question for that? Instead of Chiefs going defeated, my question would be to come back: Is are we on the collision course of Ravens well, Lamar against Mahomes? I'll be like this: What's more likely, Ravens Chiefs or the field Joe, getting into? The, I feel like we do this all the time. Joe, get involved. Look, yeah, I think Ravens Chiefs. I think the Chiefs for sure. You know, obviously the Ravens are gonna. We'll have to see what they've got cooking, but no reason to think that they won't go out there and take care of business and dispatch their opponents. Uh, like the Chiefs did. Chiefs have won 10 regular season games in a row, too. So don't forget that. Last you know, and I understand what you're saying, too, about look, you know, late in the season. I know Andy Reid has a propensity to sit guys in, in those last couple of games if they don't matter. But if what if you're 14 and 0 going into yes, those if, last if two games? Still, if both teams are still winning, other than that one game on week three, if they're still winning, yeah, you got to play because you want to have home field. And the, this team is going to have fans in the stadium from other teams that are going to be different. Like we know the Giants and Jets. They're not playing with fans this year. The Chiefs, they're going to play with fans. Now, that could either grow, too, as well. We started off with 16,000. That's 22% capacity. Maybe they move up. Maybe it goes up a little higher as the season progresses. We don't know. But I agree with you. If both teams are winning, then, yes, it's a possibility. That week three matchup is going to be so Huge. exciting. Huge. The last team, the last time the Chiefs lost, actually, Joe, you, we were all together. We were all hanging out in my house for my birthday. They lost oh, that's right. That's right. That was the last time they lost a regular season. That game. was a great game. That, that was, was an unbelievable game. That was Hardman had that unbelievable no, catch. It was a jump pass. It was a jump Tana pass Hill by Mahomes. Tannehill ran right down and scored. It was an unbelievable game. The Giants lost the Jets. That the too. thing that's scary about this team is what the Texans did last night. The Texans, I, we were reading an article. Ted showed me an article. The Texans were running a lot of man to man last year in their two matchups. So they decided to go zone last night 
which so they take away the deep threat, take away Tyree Kill, take away who eventually had a touchdown, Sammy Kelsey, Watkins. Sammy Watkins, who had another touchdown as well, too. But all underneath routes, all, all three they touchdowns did were under six was shots. the underneath route, kind of like what the Patriots do, what Brady did, picking apart little intermediate routes. They picked him apart. He was efficient last night. He was 24 32, 211, had three touchdowns. Actually, that's the third straight year he's had three touchdowns and no picks in a season opener, by the way. First first, play, first player ever. Yes. Yep. So last night, he didn't beat them. His longest completion was 19 yards. He didn't beat them with the over-the-top big throw to Tyreek Hill or Sammy Watkins. No, he beat them in the intermediate game. And that's what's even scarier, too. Well, it's not because scary. Once, it's just, it's no, because one, hold on. Because once Mahomes, and you heard him last year, I didn't really start figuring out NFL defenses. So like, but that's him not forcing. That's it. scary to know what this kid can do already. If he starts picking them apart in the intermediate game, it's game over but for the rest of the NFL. But that's that's team saying, you know what? We'd rather see you dink and dunk for ten yards than hit us with a seventy. Well, look what the Patriots. No, no, the Patriots now, have done it for twenty years, and look how they I did. Know. I think. Now, I think they. I think. But they also say, didn't have the weapons that the Chiefs have in speed wise. I mean, vertical, no, that's true. Vertical. But I think we could all say so, that short intermediate. So game. what that says about Mahomes is a maturity level and a patience level. Say, and Andy Reid came out last night. I don't. You didn't see it. I saw it this morning. He said. Mahomes being able to be mature enough to take what is given and not force it down the field. And I think that speaks volumes to what you were stating and saying, hey, listen, this guy, we know what he can do, Trev. He throws 70-yard bombs off his back foot. Tyreek Hill is faster than a cheetah. I mean, the play, But to the be play able is, to hit the 10-yard the routes and the 7-yard routes and be efficient, like you said when you stated what was, was he? 24-32. 32. That's efficient to eight, me. Eight incompletions. You know, he was only sacked once last night, which speaks another volume of where the Kansas City offense is. He had plenty of time. They ran the ball for over 100 yards. It's it's a beautiful thing to see because when you see offenses that are this smooth, it's enjoyable as a fan to watch. This is what you want to see. You don't like to see the two yards in a cloud of dust and, and, and you feel like you're grinding every inch out. You want fluidity. You want smoothness. To be able to just hand the ball off, four yards of carry, throw the ball, it and just speaks that, volume of how dangerous the, this team is. And something that I think the Ravens have to understand – if you're going to beat them, you're going to have to score them, but you also have to control the clock because they can score at will, and we know And that. the good thing about this Chiefs team is that they got well, all their major players signed for a while. Their GM signed for a while. Their quarterback's not going anywhere. Their coach isn't going anywhere. They signed their tight end. They're going to get their – I think they have Tyree Kill for another couple of years. They have Hilaire for another – They have all their major pieces going for Chris Jones. They signed to a long-term extension as well. All their, play, so, yeah. all their players that they need, their big-time guys – their go-to guys, they're signed. So they should, they're be, sitting pretty. They should be good they're for the next three to five years. They're sitting pretty. And like you said, well, they're going to make you beat them with the short. Well, guess what? The Patriots, the short intermediate routes, they did that for 20 years. Hmm, let's see how they did. I think they did good, Joe. They think they're good for the past 20 years, the Patriots of that style. But their defense was a big product of what, how and successful the Patriots were because when you don't give up a lot of points, you don't have to score a lot. Joe, what are your takeaways from last night's game? What do you think? Well, uh, I'll tell you what, you know, if you wonder why that game went by so quickly, go right to that 16-play, 91-yard drive, took nine minutes and four seconds off the clock. So the idea that dinks and dunks, I mean, again, you guys are alluding to the fact that this team's got great speed. They've got so many weapons, right? Yeah, yeah, add uh, 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 Clyde St. Hilaire to the to the mix, and my goodness gracious, this team the is like loaded right the now. Balance. They're lethal because of the balance they're going to have yeah, now yeah. with Hilaire in the back. No matter whose hands you get the ball in right now for the Texans, I mean, you're going to get a whole bunch of yards. And if they can, I mean, if they put together games like this, it, you're you're not going to you're not even going to get the ball. See, and I think back to the old Buffalo Bills of, of oh, the of the late nineties. The thing that's uh, even better, Andre Reid, Thurman Thomas, I, and, and Lofton, James Lofton, and Jim a, Kelly. They now they didn't team. have the tight end because the tight end wasn't that type of. He was a blocker. He was an extension of the offensive line. Back tight ends are very valuable but now in the offense. And they talked and they talked about it last night. And because Zach Ertz, I saw last night, says he's frustrated with his contract because he feels he should be paid like a Kelsey and Kittle. And I, I believe that's so. But and we've talked about this with Evan Ingram as the New York Giants. The tight end right now is such a dangerous weapon yep. because he's a faster. He's uh, he, you know he's as big he's bigger he's the big receiver okay but he can block he. He's he's a matchup nightmare. I mean, you just look at the top tight ends and what they could do controlling the center of the field. Gronk. I mean, look what you said the Patriots. Yeah. And I'm not getting off subject, but look what when they had the two tight ends with Hernandez and Gronk and how dangerous they were. And they didn't need 
speedsters like the Chiefs had. And, and you just think about what Kelsey does and what Kittle does and what Zach Ertz does to these teams. Yep. It just makes them so much more dynamic. And that's but, what, Joe, you did say the Texans, and I know Trev's going to get into it because you were saying well, – you actually, I, I think you met the Chiefs and you said the Texans about just yeah, the ball and the players. But I, I made a comment last night on Twitter, and I'm not trying to get away from the Chiefs, but just transferring a little bit to the I Texans. Wanted to, I, wanted to I wanted to just say one thing, and I'll let you finish that, right. was – Seeing the Texans last night, first drive looked okay. Well, they punted, and then they scored the next drive with David Johnson. And we don't know what David Johnson is going to be this year. We know what he was three years ago before he sustained injuries. But I made a comment last night that I think having DeAndre Hopkins last night could have been a, a helpful um, piece to the Texans. They're giving him the better chance. If somebody goes, well, they didn't have any offensive line. And you're right. He got sacked four times last night, Watson. But, you know, when you have a guy like DeAndre Hopkins or a guy like Tyreek Hill who are on the outside – you can't guard him with one guy. You have to guard him with two, which means there's one less guy in the box, which means you take away a spy from the quarterback, or your defense is to play on their heels instead of being on their toes. And I think that puts a lot more pressure on Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. That's Joe. Do you want to do you want to come in? Do you have anything to say? Oh yeah. Look, I mean, th this Kansas City Chiefs team is yeah. is in my opinion one of the best teams I think we've seen in the last. 10 15 years and i definitely think this team's got a chance to repeat offensively, offensively or, or, or as a whole bud? offensively yes i mean it, and 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 as a team i mean you know look the, i think their defense is is good it's not great it's not a great yeah. defense but i don't think it's going to need to be and again i think if you know the first two scoring drives 27 plays 166 yards 1445 time of possession. That's why the game, the first half, seemed so fast. KC just had the ball. That's half, of they, that's half of, right there. That's, that's the whole drive. Quarter. That's a half. Yeah, that's a whole quarter. That's a whole quarter. That's right literally there. an entire quarter on two drives. And, you know, look, the, the, the Texans probably have a better defense than the Chiefs do, but the, the close. Maybe it's I just because the, the, that offense is that good. Chiefs are head and shoulders uh, a, a better team than the Texans, and, and that was pretty clear to me last night. And No, 100%. I mean, the Chiefs look like they're going nowhere for a long time. That team is scary. They got speed all over the place, and now they have a very, very good running back that just wait until you get him involved in that passing game. Boy, that Chiefs team, good luck to the rest of the AFC because right now, to me, we haven't seen Baltimore yet. We don't know how they're going to look against – a pretty interesting team on Sunday, the Cleveland Browns. That should be a fun game to watch. But right now, to me, that looks like that AFC, kind of like the Colts and Patriots for so long, is going to be a two-team race for this entire season. I don't see anybody else competing in the AFC against those two teams. It's going to be one or the other that's going to Tampa this year, plain and simple. The Chiefs look amazing. They look really good. They haven't even gotten started, too. I mean, just wait until they start throwing the deep ball and they – this team is going to have all the possibilities of breaking a lot of records this year. Mahomes, I would have loved to take him in fantasy. Really would have because I just think he's going to be – he's going to bounce back. Obi, Obi he, looks pretty good taking him number one, huh, Joe? <laughs> yeah, he took – and then Hilaire. I asked Joe. Joe had a chance to take Hilaire. And he didn't Who take took Hilaire? I don't know. I don't remember. But whoever got them, this team looks very scary. And you mentioned the defense last night, the Chiefs defense. Well, that defensive line looked pretty damn good last night. Maybe it's more credit to how bad the offensive line in Houston, Texas. I want to get into that. Because I talked about this for quite some time, and we have people on the show that says offensive lines are not big a big deal in the NFL. And I've said, well, look at Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russell Wilson's amazing, but he's still getting his ass kicked sometimes. Kyler Murray's amazing because he can run, but he gets his ass kicked. We had this issue in New York with the, with Eli Manning because of the fact, well, he's not a, he can't move. He's a stone in the pocket, but the offensive line was so bad. Last night was just another perfect example of, of why I believe the offensive line is the most valuable position, not named the quarterback, because of the fact I don't care who it is. We saw Deshaun Watson. What does Deshaun Watson do great? He improvises. He makes plays. He made one of the coolest throws I've ever seen, throwing the ball when he threw it off his legs. and He was up in the air, and he threw it completely. Yeah, yeah, it style. was beautiful. It was a beautiful throw, and but the entire night, I only I know he got sacked four times. But it seemed like he was under duress the entire game. He had six plays of under two seconds being pressured. Two seconds. Think about that. Two seconds. That's, all, that's two seconds right there. So he already has Frank Clark, Chris Jones, one of those guys already in his face, not being able to make the throws. Now, Ted, I'll agree with you in the sense of 
Having no DeAndre Hopkins is a major loss. Anytime you lose a top three receiver and one of the best weapons in the game is a huge deal. But when you don't have time in the pocket, I don't care who the hell your weapon is. You're not going to be able to get the ball to him. And if you wrote it down, he's only pressured 35% of the time. Now, Joe, when I say only, only – That's still a lot compared to what Mahomes was, was 18%. So think of the drop-off right there. Why Mahomes looked great, and I know he had well, a lot of – I, I know he had a lot of – Can, can I, I also say this? And, I, I'm not, and then you come back at me. Mahomes threw the ball only 33 times. Watson, Watson, Watson threw the ball 44 times. And the reason why was because David Johnson, that offense, could not – could not run the ball. See, how many times did Clyde Taylor run the ball last night? Edwin 25 times. 25 times. And they ran the ball officially, didn't they, Joe? Yeah. For 130 sure did. did the Texans run the ball officially? No. So if you can't run the ball. They did. They actually they averaged. Did the first, they did in the he first, had 11 carries, but not throughout the David game. Johnson was right. Well, carries. again, listen, th this is what happens to uh, a quarterback like Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, I think when, when you um, when, when you find yourself trailing in a game, they average 5.4 yards per carry. Uh, for the game, which is really good, but when you're down really? 17, David Johnson, it didn't feel like that. David Johnson feel like that, right? great. Right. It, 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 it certainly didn't. He definitely uh, look early on. He 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 carried the ball well. It, it, yeah. it looked good. Once they fell behind, though, you you lose the run when you're the Texans in this game. But they, but and Watson doesn't have doesn't quite have, I think, all the tools to compete in a game like this. I mean, Joe, he's, he's clearly they, still in that. trailing a lot, though. They only down 17-7, so they could have still stuck to the run game. I mean, 11 carries, 77 yards, and a touchdown, David Johnson's numbers. You look at that, he could have had about 20, 25 carries. It's not like they were getting – I mean, they were down 24-7, but I felt like they got away from the run game a little too soon. Yeah. Because well, they were once they the went ball. down 24-7, it, it was all over for them as far as trying to run the football, and that's a huge mistake. They don't have the line for it. You know, it, 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 it got messy – it got messy when they got behind, and 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 it's not surprising, unfortunately. Okay. I love Deshaun Watson. But. Here's another thing. I want to agree with your point. First game against real competition, though. Also, we got to take into account, and and that's why as good. And we spoke about it in the first 15 minutes. You speak about the volume of how well the Chiefs looked last night. Yeah. To look like they were already three, four, five games into the season yeah. on the first game that's is scary. pretty incredible. That's scary. Where the Texans like, like, listen, this line supposedly we read an article and I said you. This is supposed to be the best offensive line Houston has provided for Deshaun Watson so far in his career. So right. that's you know what that's what the experts say. That's what FPP says. But what, oh, is you, what, <laughs> FPP. Well, yeah, you know me. Players for, play, yeah, that's but, fine. You know how I, I love. Here's my, I, here's my here's my thing. It just makes it much harder. And you, Joe, you say it right. When you're down 31-13. It makes it harder to us that's keep the ball running when no, but that's you need to score now because here's the thing. If you score now, how do you know the Chiefs ain't scoring now too? Like now but late. I understand what you're saying, but it wasn't to a point yep. that they were only down 17-7. They could have still sustained some run game. Also, what you said, I was trying to well, I was trying to agree great. with your point of the DeAndre Hopkins thing. So the leading receiver last night was Will Fuller. Eight receptions. Their next closest was their running back, David Johnson, with three receptions. That's a problem. So I do agree with what Ted's saying that having no Deshaun Watts or DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a major blow. And we knew that once they made this trade. But if if you have no offensive line, I don't care how good and athletic your quarterback is, and we've seen it over time. And last night was just another example of that. If they don't have no time, I don't care if your weapon is Jerry Rice. You're not going to get the ball to him. It's just that simple. When you're getting underpressed six plays under two seconds, you're getting pressured that much, and 35% of the time compared to your opposite at 18%, like how is he supposed to survive? Like are we looking at a new, another Andrew Luck? Like I hope to God not because Deion, Deshaun Watson, just like Andrew Luck, was so is so talented and can really take this league by storm but he just can't stay healthy, Andrew Luck I'm talking about, because how bad the offensive line. They were too late investing in the offensive line. Deshaun, they have been looking. They signed Tunsil. They got Titus Howard last year in the draft. They got to hope that – and they've been – but they've been trading. They're losing all of these draft picks because of trading. And that's why I keep saying Bill O'Brien needs to get the hell out ASAP. He can't be the GM and he can't be the head coach. You know who should be the head coach? Hold on. And I, I don't want to see a player like Deshaun Watson – Get his years wasted, and he just signed the mega contract with this team. He's not going anywhere. I want to see Deshaun Watson there for a long time. 
I don't want to see Andrew Luck. Hey, you Plain know and simple. you know who should be their next head coach? They were Ew. facing him last night, Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator. Oh for the yeah! Oh my what goodness! Can you imagine? A, listen, that guy deserves a damn job. Yes. Put him on the Houston Texans as a head coach. Use his mind, like Andy Reid's mind, and you have the two most, one of the most talented. I'll put Lamar with them in that same category as the most talented quarterbacks in the AFC. Those three are, I think, head and shoulders. And it's like the, it's like the Big Ben Payton and uh. Yes, and yes, Brady sir, absolutely. And, and, but here's the that. thing. They're all super talented, like super talented in the sense of dual threat and, yep. and arm talent. And I think if you put an Eric Bieniemy with that Houston Texans team and you get a real GM, not a coach GM, a real GM who can pull some strings and be able to make some moves. I mean, I would want to play with Deshaun okay. Watson. Why oh, not? Yeah. Get another offensive lineman, get some draft picks, figure it out. You know, I think – They'll never be able to move away from J.J. Watt, but maybe trade J.J. Watt. Get, see what you can get for him. He's an older guy. He has a lot of injury things. I know he has a contract. All I know is – But a team that maybe needs another big-time defensive player who's got, he's got two years left. I mean, if you're that close, if you're like the Dallas Cowboys or something, you got not J.J. Watt Joe, in the middle of your defensive line and change game changer. He's still a wrecking ball. Joe, it's not – You just got to think bigger picture because J.J. Watt – has been hurt multiple times in his career. Yeah. He's probably got two or three years left max. Max. You're hoping Deshaun Watson's got 10. That's where your value has to go. Give up J.J. Watt or sacrifice. something. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. <laughs> See so, where the season goes. It's okay goes. to sacrifice sometimes. Take well, two, I was shocked by them trading DeAndre two. Hopkins, but check this out. Last night, wide receivers for the Texans had five catches for 47 yards with uh, Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb both leading away with two catches and uh, 20 and 19 yards, respectively. And, that, that, and they that's Brandon not going to work. They traded Brandon Cooks. They, okay? Will Fuller, we know Will Fuller. He gets hurt all the time. Randall Cobb, though, I don't know why they didn't use him more. He, he played pretty well in Dallas. He's also had some injury concerns in the past. But uh, it, it was not smooth, Joe. At the, at, at, Here's it, my thing. It was Chunky Monkey uh, friggin' peanut butter last night. And it wasn't the creamy, smooth peanut butter chunky like the monkey, cheese. Chunky monkey. You know that thick? Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. I do like chunky monkey sometimes. <laughs> I do. I do like that. Here's my thing. Kind of like the Giants, their schedule doesn't get any easier. They still have to play in the next three weeks. They got to play the Ravens. I'm not saying in any in, in any order, but the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Vikings, all three teams that have very good pass rush ability, like the Giants have to face with the 49ers, the Bears, and playing the Steelers on Monday. So it's going to be very tough for this Texans team, a team that just signed their quarterback, their franchise, for the next 10 to 12 years, hopeful. And it's not going to look good. The Texans realistically could start off 0-4. I saw them finish in 7-9. I just didn't think they had enough. And last night, they have a lot of work to do. The Chiefs, they look like they're rolling. They look like they're still at Super Bowl 54, partying and ready to go again and having maybe a repeat. We could possibly be seeing a repeat this year in an odd year. But guess what? They look great. The Texans, boy, oh, boy, they have a lot of work to do that offensive line and get David Johnson the ball because he did look good when he had the ball in his hands. I hope Deshaun Watson does not get killed with this line because he's so talented, and it ticks me off to see talent going to waste as well. Let's get over to Big Blue Football quick. Now, we're not going to talk about the game on Monday. We're going to talk about that come Monday, and we're going to have a recap of Sunday's games. And then we're going to talk about the Monday night games as well. So the Giants had practice yesterday, a big week. They have a big team coming in, a tough challenge ahead on Monday night. They're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that Steelers defense is nasty. That team, we know what the Pittsburgh Steelers are all about. So what does the team do? They come out with a lackadaisical effort. And what does the great Joe Judge do? Man, I am all about Joe Judge. Everything about this man since coming in, since getting his press conference, I love Joe Judge. That's all I got to say. I love Joe Judge. He ripped the team, ripped them, ripped them a new one, and restarted practice. So what do they do when they ask their best player, Saquon Barkley, how do you feel? Loved it. He replied, I loved it. Plain and simple. Now, he had more to say, but the first two words was, I loved I, it. I'll read you exactly what he said. What he said. Loved it. Everything we do is going to have a purpose behind it. Coach didn't like how we started off, so we started over. And as captains and as leaders as a team, we had to step up and challenge. And I think that's what we responded. The thing is that on Monday, there won't be no restarts. we got to find a way to produce. So, plain and simple, they're not coming. The Steelers are not coming in 
to play patty cake. They're coming in to rip Daniel Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and the rest of the team's heads off. They're coming in with a purpose. They have Big Ben back. This team feels like they have a lot to gain this year. Juju Smith has been hurt. They look like this team is ready to go. They have a bounce back year. They still finished 8 and 8 last year with a terrible quarterback play. They're coming in hungry. And I love what Joe Judge's reaction was restarting practice. Let's get your head in the game, get your head out of your asses. Let's go. The Steelers are not coming here to play tic tac toe. They're coming to rip your head off. Plain and simple. And Joe Judge, and if anybody still has a problem with Joe Judge, get off the uh, Giants bandwagon fan. Just be stop being a Giant fan because this is what we've been desperately needing and wanting for some time now, Joe. And I want to have either of you ever had during your football careers a practice restarted. Yes. Yes. No, I had a practice. We had a practice so bad the coaches walked off the field and said, figure it out. Okay. Been there myself. I've definitely had that happen. How were you practicing that led to that restart? Like garbage. We like had no garbage. Record. We didn't care. We had a big week, and it was a defensive week. It was a defensive practice too. We didn't play. We weren't. We didn't care. And the coaches like, just I'm not going to say what they said, but a lot of swear words. And they restarted practice. Plain we didn't, we didn't have a restart, but you restart the drill. Or you no, we had a restart practice. I guess what I'm saying is my bigger concern right now is where. You know, and what's it Friday? We're three days away from from the Giants taking the field for the first time, and yeah. and po- probably what do they do? A walk? Uh, no, they'll practice a little bit today, right? Maybe they'll a walk through today. They'll practice a little tomorrow, and then the next two days will be like like Sunday will be so, a walk through. Supposedly, so, why the Giants? So, so assume yesterday was the yesterday was probably the last full full practice. Yeah, yeah tomorrow will be okay. like shoulder pads, and then a walk through Sunday. So, so here's my concern: their last full practice before their first regular season game was going so poorly that yep. Joe Judge had to like restart practice. That makes me feel I mean I'm I'm excited for Joe should, Judge. That that's what we you, need Joe. around Joe, here. That should, Joe that shouldn't worry you. Think about it as a player you just go through these days. You know how like those days you just kind of go through the most it's not that you're doing anything wrong. You just it's the nature of the human being. Yeah and maybe why, mid-season not no, not leading up to opening no, day and you're not I, 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 I agree with Joe. I, I've seen this in a 100%. practice. Joe. I've seen this I've seen this in a walkthrough the night before high school game. But that's a walkthrough. This is the first like the coach is like it's not to walk through, but we still got to be business like. See, I want to read one thing that I think is important, and it's from Blake Martinez. It says, I've gotten so much better as a player in the past month of training camp than I ever have, and it's just the ability to understand why we're doing certain drills, how it's going to incorporate into a game, and then just the overall as a player, just my awareness in every given down. And I think the players are responding well. Okay, this I, I was reading a bunch of, I've been really reading more about the Giants because it's usually I'd be so much more into the Giants because there's preseason, you just you're, you're into it, but I, I think they said this has been the hardest training camp a lot of players that they've they've ever had. But I think this team needs a Joe. And listen, maybe he's wearing on them. And I just told Trevor, I said, you know what? Maybe this is a good thing. Maybe no, they you know, need a kick in the ass. Maybe they've been the worst team in the past three years. Maybe Monday night they'll come out. They're tired up and play their best game. And if they don't. It's only going to be on their fault. It's not because their coach didn't get them prepared and ready to go. Because it seems like everything you read about this guy, everything is positive. Everything is productive. Everything is about getting better. Everything is about doing right. He came from two great coaches in Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. If you know anything about football, you know the legacy those two guys hold in their their state of sport and college football. I don't want to get too much into the game. We'll do that on Monday. No, I know that. This team needs a kick in the ass. This team hasn't been good in a while. Okay. They haven't. They made the playoffs one time since their Super Bowl championship, okay? And okay. let's see, they're 12 and 30. I'm just reading off why this team deserves the little kick, okay? I'm sick of this baby and stuff. They've been terrible with bad coaches. Sherman and McAdoo were not good. They were tw- they've been 12 and 36 the past three years, the worst record in the NFL, by the way. That's not New York Giant football, okay? They need a dose of reality, okay? This is not p- uh, kitty play, okay? We're playing the Steelers. A team that is blue chip is going to punch you in the mouth, and that's what Joe Judge said in his press conference. We're going to be a team that's going to punch you in the mouth. And this team, Joe, I 100% agree with you. You're getting ready for a very tough opponent on Monday Night Football, national TV, ESPN, everybody. The the bright, I know it's nerve wracking. We don't do well on national. The bright lights are going to be on you. 7:15 on ESPN. Daniel Jones, prime time. You have Saquon. You have Ingram. Shepard, Tate, Slayton, he's got all – yeah, yes, 
played out against Dallas last year. But he's the first time he has all of his weapons together. They need a kick in the ass. They need to the, let's go because this team, the black and yellow, ain't joking around. And you can see Judge coming Barkley over there. That's our captain. That's our leader. That's our franchise, along with Daniel Jones. There's no favorites on this team. Everybody is a New York Giant. We're all the same. We're going to be the best football team that we can, and that's what Joe Judge is trying to implement with this big blue team. Plain and simple, I have no issue. Joe, I 100% agree. They cannot be coming in lackadaisical against a team that's not coming in. They're hungry. But I do understand where Joe's coming from, where it's, hey, listen, I you're, you're four Joe. days away from a game. You shouldn't be having – everything should be – hunkering down, focusing, getting all the nitty-gritty. If you're still having issues like this, maybe there's a bigger issue within the team growing. But I, can, young, but I can understand it, though. And I, I, I have seen it before personally. I've seen it on walkthroughs on a Thursday night before a game. I've seen it on, on a Friday before a college game. It, it shouldn't happen, but that's just because either – and, and I'll, I'll speak to this. It's usually in the middle of the season – where you're having your struggle and your focus is there, not the week before week one. 100% agree. That's what Joe said. Joe said it should be happening like week eight or something, not the first week of the first game of the regular season. I'm sorry, I'd even have felt better if you told me this happened on Monday. I, I, I could live with Monday or Tuesday. Hey, we had to restart practice, and we had Wednesday, Thursday. Thursday. We busted our butts, but I don't want to hear that's the, that's the last practice. You all gearing up for a big game against Pittsburgh, and you came out so flat and so lackadaisical that Joe Judge, who's obviously a mental case, and thank God, shut things down. Let's restart it. That's I wonder to how me, bad it was, though. It I wonder be, if it's one of those things where must, he wants, he's still trying to keep no, the hammer wants, down on the nail, and no, and, and you don't, and you don't give up. And then, and then what he'll say is trying to send. A you know where you're so hard, and when then you when that person succeeds, the person that was so hard on you is the first person there to give you the big hug. And I'm wondering if it's he's being so hard on them that if when they win Monday night, he's going to be in the locker room like spraying them with champagne. You know he's what I mean? Send, just kind of like he's sending, this is what I'm talking about. He's sending a message, Joe. He's sending his message, and he's getting his message clear and precise through to the players, plain and simple. I want to close out with this before we get into the NBA. We talked about this briefly on Wednesday. We started. We never got to finish. But it's one of the main questions that we've been wanting to talk about in this NFL season. It's about a new rivalry because – no matter what, look, these guys don't have anything to prove. And the two things I'm talking about are Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And the reason they don't have anything to prove is because they don't need to. Their legacy is cemented. But we always are going to see, we always wanted to add, the, always the question, what have we been saying for years? What would it be like if Bill Belichick and Tom Brady went to different teams? What would it be like if they separated? Well, now we get the opportunity. Brady's in Tampa. Belichick is still the coach of the Patriots. We get to see it. They don't have anything to prove. But if yeah, you had to pick. going to be proven is next year when they but, play but each other. What, That's what's going to be if, nice. But if, if you had to pick, if you had to pick, who would you take? Would you have to say Belichick versus Brady? Who is more to prove this year? I know that these guys don't have anything to prove anymore. They're already the greatest at their specific position or coach. They already are. They've cemented Tom Brady. It. But more to prove, you would say, is Brady. Yes. Go ahead. Well, Since you have it, give me your answer. Well, look, you know, we talked about last week, we did talk about when Matt Castle was the starter for that year, and they went 11-5, and five and they made the postseason anyway. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. That was the last Oh, that's time. right. They came up. That that's was, right. That they would have. would have been should have. Not the Patriots. Miami won right. right, right. Ridiculous. So, again, yeah. that was the, the worst year during the run was that one. I think for Tom Brady, you know, the knock is always going to be that Belichick made Brady and not that Brady made Belichick. Bill Belichick was a a great defensive coordinator and had obviously had a couple of coaching jobs before he got to the Patriots. Tom Brady obviously lost his starting job in college to Drew Henson. Do you not feel it would be a split that Brady needed Belichick or uh, Belichick needed Brady? Like, do you, you think it's more Brady needed Belichick? Without question, I think the Patriots were already getting good, and again, I think he's proven he can win without him. He's proven he can win when Brady's old and ineffective. So Belichick is a genius, and I don't think that will ever change. And and he'll only he'll only have more opportunities in the next ten years to build on his Hall of Fame resume. For Tom, it's Belichick made you. Nobody wanted you in the NFL. Belichick made you. 
turned you into a superstar. You're a system quarterback. You still hear people say that. Whatever truth to it that there may or may not be, there's no there's no disputing the greatness of Tom Brady. He, he's the greatest winner of all time. But can he do it without Bill Belichick? I think that's a question everybody wants to know. I don't... I don't think that it matters for Bill Belichick. If Bill never wins another Super Bowl, he's still the best coach ever. But for Tom, well, you think if, Bill if Brady never wins another one, he's still. Some people say he's not the greatest. Are you saying? Because I already, if, if Brady's already got that cement, he didn't to say me. that. He's just no, I think if Tom can't do it on his own without Bill, and he's Don't probably going to get maybe a year, maybe two in Tampa Bay, and he'll ride off into the sunset. But if that team doesn't at least make a deep playoff run then I think there'll be people have already look, put it like this. It's people have already decided that Tom Brady's not the greatest of all time. They're looking for a reason to build not off me. of that. Yeah. And this is again, this is all really subjective. I don't think to me, the guy who's got the most at stake this year is Belichick's new quarterback, Cam Newton. I think it's, these two are done and fine. This is like two old men having a pissing contest for absolutely <laughs> no reason. They should have both retired after the Falcons, uh, the Falcons game, and that should have been the last we saw of either one of them. There's no reason to continue playing like this. All that's going to happen for Tom Brady is what we've seen happen with Phillip Rivers and to a lesser extent, I think now Drew Brees, where, and especially with Eli, where you see that market drop off. Is that how you want to go out, or do you want to go out at 36 and classy like Joe DiMaggio did so his fans would never see him not in his peak? It's a standard. Tom Brady can certainly play till he's 45, but he's on my fantasy team this year. He won't be when he's 45. I can promise you that. He's pulling a Montana, Montana though. Montana went to the Chiefs. I mean, never got, never won. That was disgusting and gross. I, you know, I had the Sega game, the Sega Genesis football game with Joe Montana in a Chiefs jersey, and did you trade him back? It was weird. You can't trade him back to the Niners. Is it weird to see Montana in a Chiefs uniform, or is it going to be weird to see Brady in a a belt? Brady. I'll tell you, the reason it wasn't as weird with Joe was because the jersey was pretty much the same color. To see Tom in, like, an orange jersey looks so stupid. (laughs) I can't. You don't like green uniforms? I can't. Dude. I've been I've always had a soft spot in my heart for the Bucs because of how horrible they started, because their color is lavender puce. An interesting mix, you know. Um, but I've always had a soft spot in my heart. Remember in, in uh, what was it, two thousand and two when they went to the Super Bowl or three? Well, they won. They beat uh, Oakland. Yeah. Um, I was you know, I don't usually root for another team in the Super Bowl. I actually really wanted to see Tampa. I actually bought a Tampa hat for that game. That's how much I I, I have that softness in my heart for Tampa. When they went and got Tom Brady, I was like, screw Tampa. How do you how do you feel? I mean, this is cheap. It's a cheap, it's a cheap way to try to win. It's a cheap way to try to make your fans think you're interested. Why don't you draft a real quarterback and develop one? Are we, are we talk, oh, oh, they might have Josh Rosen. Are we talking about Mike Trout or Jacob DeGrom right now? You're getting fired up. I get there's certain people that really yeah, get under my skin. Mike like Trout, 16 home runs. He's probably winning 50 this year if there was 162 games. And another MVP. Well, and once again, he'll be like me and watching oh. the playoffs on TV. Hold on. I, I think I took <laughs> hold a, on. I got to ask you a, I think I a picture the other day. Hold it was on, about hold Trout. Hold on. And I'm oh, asking you. He's, he's oh, there it is. Look at this. Mike Trout. Are we, are we talking baseball right now? He he enter, Joe, listen to the category Mike Trout enters. 300 home runs, 200 stolen bases, and a 300 batting average or better. Only other people have done that: Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Larry Walker, and George Brett. Listen, why do we put Mike Trout? We're not talking baseball. The Hold on, still baseball today. But the, I'll uh, make this. No, I'll bring it back for you, Trev. Ready? Let's take Patty Mahomes and Mike Trout and just let's stop playing sports and just put them in the greatest <laughs> Hall of Fame of all time. Why not? People, why not? People need to. Bo get Jackson should themselves. be in that. Bo Jackson should be in. That. Let me ask you something. What if next year? What if next year Mike Trout hits like 244 with 13 home runs? He's not Gary Sanchez. No, no, no. Why do you say that? What do you mean he's not Gary Sanchez? He's too good. I disagree with that. Guys, we're not talking. Guys, no, no, hold on. Listen, my point is, my point is, my point is, these are young guys. 
for us yeah. to be crowning Pat Mahomes like the best quarterback of all yeah. time, I'm just yeah. going to say it. It's an idiotic argument. Yeah. I understand the fun and having you know, discussions. I don't, it, bro, it, it I don't be, mean you guys. I mean if just all, year, all sports shows in general. You know, you, you especially before sports, we we need these things to talk about during the football week. You need topics to talk about. Yep. But but putting these these guys who are under 30 into the GOAT discussion or into the Hall of Fame at this point is as premature as, as some of your Saturday nights when you were in high school. Okay. You're, first, you're jumping the gun <laughs> a little bit. You're jumping the gun. You're the shooting thing, your wad. Give this guy a chance to do it for 10 more years. The first That's an expression, the, Ted, and it doesn't necessarily mean that. Joe, he, see, he's not, he's not saying something. Joe, you're right. You know it's, what they asked? Because the Tom Brady, it's not that Belichick or Tom Brady needed him or he needed him. It's Bill Belichick a couple years ago wanted to get rid of Tom Brady. And he wanted Jimmy G because he knew Tom Brady was finished. And the last couple of years, Tom Brady hasn't played up to expectation. So for him to say, you know what, I'm still great and I don't need you and I can go to Tampa Bay, Tom Brady needs this because he needs to prove to himself and everyone else that he, staying down or staying around to 43, 44, 45 years old is worth it. And not saying, hey, you should have left two years ago when you were still great. Now you're good or above average. He needs it more. If Belichick goes 8-8 eight and eight this year, you know what they're going to say? Doesn't have any offensive weapons. They lost Tom Brady. Eight yep. players were out because and of Brady. Corona. Brady doesn't there make the playoffs. There, won't be, there won't be any fall on Bill Belichick. If yes. Tom Brady goes eight and eight, What's it's going to be like, What's the hmm, excuse? we gave you Gronk, we gave you Godwin, Mike no, Evans, no. You, Burnett, to, you, gave, you got Bruce Arians. You, got you are exactly right, Ted. It, it, it all falls on Brady's shoulders. Belichick's got all the excuses already built in, and you know the best part about Bill is, is he will never, ever say, well, we had guys out. I lost. He won't ever do that. And but the best part is he knows it's already there. He knows we already yeah. all know that. So there's less on the line for Bill here. Again, if Tom if Tom Brady goes if Tom Brady goes eight and eight or nine and seven, they're gonna ask one simple question. What's your excuse? What's the, what's the excuse? What was the excuse? Because you have a you may, you're gonna have a number one running back in Fournette sooner or later. You have Ronald Jones. You have three great tight ends. You have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And I know, and I'm, just, defense, I know I'm just saying. What's the, he's just reiterating at this point. And, and, and he's good. That's a and lot of weapons. And here's the other thing: when Belichick and the Patriots, God forbid, and I know they won't because this won't happen because they're too good of a coaching staff. But say they go four and twelve or three and thirteen. And then they get Trevor Lawrence next year and get a, the next great the quarterback. Patriots and then they're going to be like, Bill, you're a genius. You got rid of one going. You got rid of, I mean, it's like the coach. You the lost Peyton Manning. You got Andrew Luck. Like, you lost Tom Brady. And next thing you know, you got Trevor Lawrence. The Patriots are never going to tank under Bill Belichick. But you well, know you know what I'm saying? I've heard it said. I've yeah. heard some people okay. speculate that so many of these, so many of these Patriots are opting out at Bill's request. Uh, that he's been very like, look, if you don't want to be here, don't be here. Um, like he almost doesn't want them to really be there. He's not making them feel any pressure to be no, there. He just, so. No, he just doesn't. If you don't want to be here, don't be here. I'll find the next right. man up. It's always been his next man up mantra. Yeah, but this doing. year, but this year, if it doesn't pan out, he gets Trevor Lawrence. So the Fields or the kid from North Dakota or, State, sure. or, or if Cam Newton becomes like very good, he's then guess what? Then no, 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 he's not going to keep Cam. He's going to ship Cam, and he's going to get draft picks for Cam, and yes. he's going to be able to get assets, and he's going to flip it, and then he's going to turn that into another draft pick, and then you're just going to be like, oh, my God, do you know what the Patriots are building? He's playing, chess, building? While, he's playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. Bill Belichick cannot lose any of the three scenarios you just explained. He still comes out a winner. Unless Tom wins the Super Bowl this year, and he ain't, Bill wins. Yeah, absolutely. Let's shift over to, like I said, we're going to talk about recap Monday, see how the Patriots do, how the new-look Tampa Bay Buccaneers look as well in that big game against the Saints. Might not be playing the Cardinals and 49ers game. That's still TBD because of the California fires. So we'll see what happens with that. You heard that, that well. how it happened, right? It's terrible. because No, it's because it's some stupid – what was it? Oh, a gender reveal? A gender reveal party. Because, you know, California – That's the main reason. Because Californians got to have a big old soirée party. Just it's, ter it's terrible. 
But we'll see what happens. We'll have all Let's that. See. Plus, we'll have a preview of Monday night. Come the baby's going to be called Fire. Fire? <laughs> Doo -doo -doo. So let's shift over to the hardware. And right now, it looks black, like one of, my, one of my teams right now. See, I'm a big Laker fan, as anybody knows. My Yankees are struggling, but I got hope for my L.A. Lakers. And last night, they go out to a convincing 3-1 lead. And it looks like the Battle of Hollywood is about to happen. The dream that all NBA fans have been wanting. You're getting the two best players, LeBron versus Kawhi. You're getting the finals You're early. going to get the finals. And then the Eastern Conference could shape up to be the Heat against the Celtics or the Raptors, three teams that are all very similar in style of play. But last night, this is where I always love talking about the Houston Rockets because, once again, and our boy Pete comes in, he said, Trey, you're right about, you're right about James Harden. No crap. I know what James Harden is. He's a one-dimensional player. He is not a leader. He's not a guy you can trust when it matters the most. He's not that guy. And when asked the question, what happened to you? Why did you guys play so flat last night? He said, I don't know. How the hell do you answer that question? There's a reason why LeBron James is LeBron James. There's a reason why Chris Paul is Chris Paul and is so respected among his peers. And why maybe, like you said, Ted, OKC, maybe it would have been a tougher battle for the Lakers than the Rockets because of the size battle. They don't have no big guys. Their tallest guy is Robert Covington or P.J. Tucker at 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, the, the Lakers have Anthony Davis, McGee, Dwight Howard, Kyle LeBron Kuzma, is LeBron. Six, I know, LeBron. I'm just saying the bigger guys. But they have length. Oh, they no, have size. They have the size. They have the length. Marcus this Morris. was always the big problem with the Rockets. The running gun type system with Mike D'Antoni had the smaller line. They trade Capella at midseason. Looked like a, uh, an iffy trade. It's really panning out wrong for this Rockets team. And that's why I agree with you, Ted. I think OKC would have been a better matchup for the Lakers because of their defensive uh, style. They had size. And just so happens that they have one of the best leaders in the league in Chris Paul. It's it's not that it would have been a better matchup. I still think a tougher it, matchup. I think no, I, I think matchup. Houston would have been a tougher matchup because of the players that they have. They can score and put pressure. I just think what what the, what's killing Houston is the size, and at least you know OKC can provide Stephen Adams and can provide some size. You know they were still really young. They're still a year away. I mean, I mean, I know you're talking about the Lakers right now, but just look at you look at the other matchup with the Clippers and the Nuggets. The Clippers have, I mean, the Nuggets have everything too. They have great size. They have, they uh, just don't they have, have, they they have, don't have Kawhi. I mean, Porter Jr. is going to be an up and coming star. They don't Djokovic have Kawhi. is a star. They talk about his passing game. Jamal Murray, you know, they're good. They have all the players. Kawhi and LeBron but are the, on the, a mission. Those two teams right there are a year or two away. The Clippers and Lakers are a veteran presence. Both coaching staffs. I mean, you think about where they come from. The the, the toughness, Doc Rivers and Vogel. You. Know, you have all the pieces you want. You have superstars in Kawhi and Paul George, and then LeBron and Anthony Davis. You have great role players. You know, it does hurt that Avery Bradley's out for them. But you see where the Lakers and the Clippers, since day one, we kind of knew this was going. They yeah, have they, If you were creating a basketball team, I think the Clippers are the most ideal team. They have everything. They have size, length, depth, talent, stores, leaders, coaching, you name it. They have the whole, Well, here's the Lakers thing. have LeBron. Hold on. Hold on. And, me, that's, and that's such an X factor going forward. Percent. You look at the Rockets and you look at the Nuggets. Both teams are very similar. They're good teams, very respectable teams in the NBA. But they're plain and simple not better than the Lakers. They're not better than the Clippers. They're not. They're in that second. Yeah, they don't have Kawhi and they don't have LeBron. Exactly. They're in that second or third tier of teams in the I'd say more second a tier in the NBA. Whereas the Lakers and Clippers, those are the only two teams. The Bucs, yeah, record-wise, they were amazing. They just didn't have the pieces to do it. They had a better team last year with Brogdon. They lose a lot of players. Well, that's what. We're on the mush. Lakers, Clippers, Kawhi, and LeBron. They're on teams. They're teams on a mission. They're men on a mission. And that's what's going to make this fun. The moment L.A. signed Anthony Davis, the moment the Clippers got Kawhi and Paul George, we knew that this was going to happen. This was a matchup, the inevitable. It was going to happen. We were just waiting for it. Now, the Eastern Conference is very intriguing because you get Hollywood, you get the star power on the Western Conference side, and you get the blue chip. Tough, hard-nosed, great players. It feels like it's always like that, though, right? No, but I know it's toughness. different because you look at the Heat. They got all the makings of a championship team. The Celtics, they have all the makings of a championship they both team. Have stars. The Raptors don't. The only thing that's missing, this is where the loss of Kawhi Leonard really affects the Toronto Raptors. Because if they have, if Kawhi's on Toronto, the we're favorite. putting Kawhi, we're putting Toronto as the favorite and maybe repeating again this year, plain and simple. Absolutely. But they don't. 
Kyle Lowry's been amazing. He's been incredible this postseason, and he's been very he's been very good since losing DeMar DeRozan, his best friend. But Pascal Siakam, we all thought this guy was going to take the next step of stardom. Well, he needs to start stepping up because the guys like Tatum and Jalen Brown, the young guys, are the ones that are the stars. Kemba Walker needs to step up as well. Tonight's Game 7, the two best words in all of sports, Game 7, for a chance to go to the Eastern Conference Finals and a classic series it's been. It's been great. Last game, Game 6, Toronto fighting for their life, literally fighting for their life. Send it to Game 7 and a 125-122 matchup. It's been an incredible series. Series. You had buzzer beaters. You had a classic in Game 6. It's been everything you wanted. This bubble, this playoffs, and this NBA restart has been incredible. I love what the Eastern Conference is doing. I can't wait for the Western Conference Finals. You get Kawhi. You get LeBron. But it's the two. We always talk about it. The series is over. I know they're both up 3-1. There's no way the Rockets or Nuggets are going to beat them three more times. It all comes down to, and I've been saying it, Anthony Davis versus Paul George. Because we know the Clippers have a better bench. We do know that. But Anthony Davis or Paul George, who's going to be the one to be the stars? Joe, you know what Kawhi and LeBron have you been really watching? Good. Have you been watching a lot of the play, uh, the NBA playoffs? I haven't watched a ton of it, but uh, I'm certainly intrigued by the two LA teams. I think it's obviously great for the NBA. I, I think anytime you can get that sort of Hollywood glitz and to have both of them, you know, good. At the yeah. same time, that's something that I think the NBA has always wanted. Plus you know, and, Boston, if you get a Boston LA series, you get Boston imagine if, LA. You imagine if the Knicks and the Nets market. ever both got good. That would be uh, incredible. If the Nets, oh well, well they're going to be good when they get KD back. But, they're going to get DeAndre. But here's Kyrie the thing: if you on. have Toronto in it again, now you're talking. Okay, now you have a repeat champion, which is going to be intriguing. Plus, you got a whole country, and we saw what it, what last year and how the Toronto Raptors fans, um, you know. Reacted. To React. It. I mean, it was it was a whole country behind the team. It wasn't just a town, a city, a state. It was a whole country. Well, another so, thing. That's so be- that, that that's got to be good for the NBA. Either way, I think it's a win-win with all the matchups. I, you know, I think Boston LA is the most ideal matchup you would like to see. Well, here here's sure. another, and I know it's going to be different this year because they're playing in a bubble. But just think of the markets that could be in it. I mean, I Miami, the Celtics. I'm not, the Miami's uh, Boston and Miami huge markets, and then you got yeah, LA yeah. and LA, and then you got a, a whole country as well. So the NBA can't lose. Thanks for repeating what I said. I always have to. Sometimes you forget. The NBA can't lose, Joe. Plain and simple. Like it's ever since it's restarted, it's been a massive hit. No matter what anybody wants to say about ratings or anything or not watching it, it's been a massive hit. It's been great. Baseball had their bump in the road. But it looks like they're going forward, and it's been it's been going well. It's been going great, actually. Not for us Yankee fans, but it's been going great. And then the hockey playoffs have been going really good too. I mean, the uh-huh. Islanders look like they're about to be lightning around a mission. Yeah, they look like the best team. But all of these playoffs and sports have been great right now, and the NFL is just getting going. Starts off with a bang last night. The Chiefs look great. The Texans have a lot of work to do. Game seven tonight. You got to do or die with the the Nuggets. Do they stay alive or do the Clippers? It's their name. Doubleheader. It's their name into the conference finals. He's got a doubleheader. I know four o'clock and then an eight. Another o'clock. big series. I mean, hey, listen. Who would have thought, Joe? What did I say at the beginning? What did I say before the show started? Who would have thought? Big game with Baltimore. Yeah, in who September. Imagine that. Jeez. Tanaka and Cole on the bump today. By the way, we're forty-three so. games. We got 19 games left. No, or 17. 17. I can't. Oh, I can't. We got 17. Well, if you got to make up games or stuff, I don't know. 17 Sanchez, games left. Sanchez hitting a buck 30. Would I say he's got to get to 230? 238. You said I said under two. I said 240 was the limit with the max limit. I said yeah. he was going to get under that. Joe, I'm sorry. This is not happening. When do you want your sandwich? Well, I got to get two of them, actually. <laughs> when do you want to come over? I got to get two. Yeah, when you coming over? We'll get you over for a football night. Football starting We'll do like a Friday night Yankee game we'll watch at the house. Would you? Stuff. Would you? I got to ask. Would you want to come over? I know everything going on right now. Would you? It's, that's what oh, we, yeah. That's, that's a Don't worry. I'll bubble wrap Trev. That's on a separate As long side. as you bubble wrap Trevor, I'll definitely come over. Yeah, well, I'm down. I'd be down for some social distancing football. <laughs> Sounds good, though. Put it in the garage. Yeah, put it in the garage, I guess. We'll put it in the bathroom. Here's the thing. The sports, everything is going well. I can't believe sports is actually playing and all the major sports are playing full full ahead. Like I said, we're going to have a preview of show, Monday Night Football preview, plus a recap of Sunday's games. Monday, maybe we'll even be talking some New York Yankee baseball, see how they fare. 
against the Baltimore Orioles. This might be it, boys. Would have never thought I'd be saying that at the beginning of the year, but it's come to that. I know, I know, Joe. It's come Seriously. to that point. We'll talk. We could see. We'll see what happens. They got a massive doubleheader tonight. I still can't get over that. A massive doubleheader with the Orioles. Let's just do it. We'll talk about that on Sunday. We'll see how they. You said Tanaka and Cole are going. Yeah. Tonight, yeah. Do the Yankees win yeah. both today? Paxton's hurt too. Do the Yankees? Yeah. Pa well, like I said, we'll talk about all of that going on Monday on Sunday. Sweet. So, uh, is, that, is that a deal? I'm in. Let's the Yan we'll see if how the Yankees fare. Have a great weekend, Joseph. Joseph, thank see you, my guy. Thanks for having. Me. You're welcome, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, we are streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. If you want new shirts, let us know. Cotton, dry fit. We're also going to be doing some hoodies. Again, as well, if as you, you want them, as, you hold your as a whole, my t-shirt or collar shirt. Nobody ever wants these. These are nice, too. These are nice and comfortable. These are nice. I like these. Hoodies, sweatshirts, it's coming that time, ladies and gentlemen. Summer's coming to an end, so we're looking to the fall. If you want some hoodies, let us know. We'll get you some new, nice new Keys to the City apparel. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. So you know you really viewing greatness In the making Double up on facts we stating Podcast and cruise control city state the nation So what you saying What we saying prime information Facts keys to the city We're locking the statements Streaming every Friday